Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our pulpit minister, Mike Johnson, as he brings today's lesson. Our theme for the day is centered around the concept of sin and its consequences, especially as they relate to the hands of God this morning and tonight to the hands of sinners. I am glad that we have a few who are starting to come back even at Sunday night. I remember when we first started that one Sunday I showed up and all these pictures had been posted on the pews where people sit. That was one of the best things that I have as a memory of this time uh, when we were not able to be together at any time back then. But I'm glad that we're filtering back that we have the opportunity to be together, certainly by this medium and by our time together. Tonight I want to think about the other side. This morning, the sinners in the hands of an angry God. But tonight I want to think about God in the hands of angry sinners. Now, to begin, I want you to think about hands for just a minute. Hands are expressive. Let me ask you a question. Do you know anybody who talks using their hands? Hmm, I'm talking about besides me. See, preachers have to. That's our job. And so talking with our hands is natural. And if you don't believe it's natural, just ask Cam. He understands my hands. And so it works. There are some people that you think if you were to grab their hands and hold them, their mouths would go silent. They wouldn't be able to say a word. I think it is hands that tell us a lot about God and a lot about life. When you look at the Psalms, hands are used frequently to talk about both good and evil. So think with me just a moment about hands and the importance of hands. The first part of this is to think about the concept of what hands tell us. What do hands say to us? For instance, concerning God, the scriptures have much to say about God through the use of hands. Hebrews 1 and 10 and 2 and 7 tell us that the hands of God create. God is a creator. And through his hands, we see him creating. We see God welcoming. Romans 10 and 21, he stretches his hands to welcome. God welcomes. He blesses people. Nehemiah said that in Nehemiah chapter 2, that by the hand of God, he had been blessed. God also punishes by his hands. He chastises. Deuteronomy 2 and 15. And also in Deuteronomy chapter 5 and 15, his hands reveal that God is mighty. So intentionally, God uses hands to describe aspects about himself. But the Bible also uses 
hands to describe things about this life. For instance, the Bible says that the hands that hang down need to be lifted up or strengthened. Hebrews 12 and 12. Hands that are hanging down show weariness. Someone who has just had enough. Maybe they haven't given up yet, but they are really weak. They really are weary. Paul used it in 1 Thessalonians 4 and 11 to talk about hands and using them to describe the work ethic. Let every man work with his own hands. And if he can't provide his food for himself, and he's able to, he has the ability to, but won't do it, then the church is to treat him in a particular way. Hands show the responsibility that we have sometimes when placed into the hands of another person. Genesis 16 and verse 9. You're under their authority. When you're placed into their hands, you are under their authority. And therefore, you have to do what you're told to do. Hands tell us much about this life. And we could go and talk about, looked up the word hand and hands in the concordance. And outside of the times that it's just talking about the physical hand, the word is symbolic and imagery filled. And we could talk about many things about hands that relate to God and this life and people. But I want to take the rest of our time, the bulk of our time, to think about how hands, the hands of angry sinners, how those hands tell us what they think about God. What do those hands tell us about God? What they think God is. Notice these concepts. Number one, the hands of angry sinners, like a stubborn child, cover their ears and cover their eyes so that they will not hear what God wants. Now, any parent has probably had a time, if not with their own child, they've seen it in somebody's, maybe it's in a movie or somewhere, but you've seen the idea of the stubborn child who just doesn't want to see or hear anything. And so they cover up and even they make noises with their mouths so that they can't hear what is being said. And we think about the stubbornness of a child. And we see it how the hands are used. Angry sinners who don't want to know what God says. Matthew chapter 13 and verse 15. This people does not understand. They don't hear their eyes. They have closed their ears. They have stopped lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts 
and I should heal them. Angry sinners don't want to hear God. Angry sinners are upset and they blame God. They don't want to hear what God has to say. They are stubborn and they refuse sometimes. I'm an angry sinner. And sometimes I don't want to hear what God has to say. We understand that concept as it relates to our interactions with people sometimes. Because with people, we sometimes don't want to hear the rebuke that comes or the criticism that comes or the helpful thoughts that come to help make us better. And we don't want to hear it and we become stubborn and we close off and we say, no, I don't want to be a part of that. Sometimes we do that to God. Angry sinners simply rebel and close up and tell God, I don't want to hear at this moment what you want me to hear. And every time that we stubbornly do our own thing in our own way, at our own time, it is our stubborn holding of our hands to our faces and covering ourselves from God so that we do not hear because we don't want to hear. Number two, angry sinners, like a bully, make a fist and threaten God. When God brought Moses to Egypt and said, I want you to bring my people out and we're going to do it this way. I'm going to give you power and you're going to put my power on display in front of the Pharaoh. And Moses came before the Pharaoh and he said, The God of heaven and earth has said to let my people go into the wilderness to serve me. And the stubborn Pharaoh looked at Moses and declared, Who is the Lord that I should let the people go? I do not know the Lord, neither will I let Israel go. The brash shaking of the fist to threaten God and say, I am not doing what you said. I don't care what you do. We jokingly refer to someone who makes a comment as, oh, I'm going to back up because the lightning bolt from God may be coming. And yet there are so many people who make that threat at God. They figuratively threaten God by saying, if you don't let my loved one get well and get over the sickness, then I'll blame you. And I am not going to listen to you. We can threaten God 
By saying, God, if you don't let me have this job that I really want, if I don't get this that I really need to have, it's your fault. If I can't do what I want to do, God, then I'm going to blame you. The Pharaoh shook his fist in the face of God. I don't know him, and I'm not going to do what he said. And some angry sinners, by the shaking of their fists, tell us exactly what they mean in their representation of God. Third, one with which I have quite a bit of experience, and some of you do too. Angry sinners like an angry coach stretch out their hands to accuse God of something. You know what it looks like. You've seen it, right? You're watching a ball game. Something happens, and all of a sudden the coach is going, What are you doing? Right? How many times have you seen that happen? And you know that he's upset, and he comes out toward the court. And then there are those times... When the referee's had enough, and now the referee's hands is stretched out to the coach and says, you are gone. I coached many years. Not only because I don't like being angry with referees, but also because, you know, when you're the preacher, people are sort of looking at you. And so I had to figure out a way. Now, what am I going to do when I disagree with a referee? I wanted a little bit more than, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, sir, I just didn't agree with that. I wanted a little more than that. But I didn't want to yell at him. So I developed my own system in basketball. Ben Thompson can tell you about it. Something would happen and the referee would call a foul, and I just didn't think that was right at all. And so I, instead of yelling at the referee, I would look at my player and I would say, go ahead and do it again. He can't call it the same way twice. Well, that never got me in trouble. Made my point. You know what's interesting? Have you ever noticed in a game that a referee in whatever sport makes a bad call in favor of your team. And the coach who benefited from the, f the call says, what are you doing, ref? That's not right. You ever notice that? Never works that way, does it? They never stretch out their arms and protest a call that benefited them. It was only when they perceive that something has changed and hurts them. So like an angry coach, angry sinners go, what? When Elihu was talking to Job about all of his problems, the counsel that Elihu gave was to say, 
You're like those who stretch out their hands against the Almighty, saying, what? Angry sinners tell us what they think with their hands. Number four, this is a beautiful one. Angry sinners, like a pleading child, stretch out their hands for a parent to pick them up. And I'm thinking about the child who is upset. Well, it happened today. We had friends of mine, preachers over at Winchester. They have a little two-year-old. And he was coming over here when we were all finished. And he was talking to me and we were playing and having a good time. And he was smiling and I was enjoying it. I reached out and picked him up and he lost it. I think it was because, Kason, I think he figured out, oh, wait a minute. It's okay when I'm here, but when he picks me up, he may run away with me. Maybe that's what it was. But immediately he was upset and he turned to his mom and he's reaching for her. You know what that's like, right? It's the pleading child who is angry enough to want to be taken care of, to get a hug. When Jeremiah was talking to Jerusalem because the enemy was at the doorstep. And they had taken them in and they were captive. And Jeremiah among the captives wrote the book of Lamentations. And in chapter 2 and in verse 19 the prophet said, Begin at the night watches and set your hearts toward God. Reach out your hands, Lamentations 2.19, and perhaps God will hear. The pleadings of a child who is angry and reaches out for comfort. The prophet said, you need to be just like that, in captivity, angry. Reach out your hands. And let God take care of it. And I get that. It makes sense. But finally, fifth. Like an angry sinner, like a penitent servant, will beat his hands on his chest because of his own sin and shame. You know the story in Luke 18. There are two men standing in the temple. One is a Pharisee, and he is standing off to the side. And in a loud tone, in an arrogant style, he says, Lord, I'm glad you didn't make me like other men. And I give of my tithes and of all that I have gained. And you didn't make me like this sinner. And then the scene switches to the sinner. 
And you could almost see the Pharisee in his style of hands being, Look at me, Lord, you didn't make me like this, and I do all of this. But you turn to the picture of the sinner. And the text says that he would not even lift his eyes up to heaven, but he beat on himself. Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. When a penitent servant understands the pain and the agony of his own sin and shame, and then he reaches out and pounds on himself. You can see in his hands what his image of God is. This forgiving being who wants him to be saved. Now I ask you, what's the difference? The difference in these responses to God by angry sinners is the direction at which the anger is pointed. When the stubborn child, when the bully, when the angry coach uses their hands, they are angry at someone else. And they're pushing their hands in that direction, angry at God. But when the child who was angry was reaching to the mother, it's a whole different story. And when the sinner who was angry at himself was beating on his breast, it was a totally different story. Because now the anger was not directed at God. But the anger was directed at self. There's your difference. We're all angry sinners. We're angry because either we're upset that things aren't going the way we want them to go and we're looking to blame somebody. Or, we are upset that we are not who we need and want to be. And the anger then is directed toward us, but also reaches to God to take care of the situation. That's why anger is not a sin. Again, as I said this morning, anger sets limits in our lives. When we get angry, it's because we're going no farther. This is as far as I'm going to go. After that, no more. And anybody who encringes upon those standards that we have set, that's what makes us angry. And when our anger can cause us to reach out to God, even though the Hebrew writer says it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God, it's not fearful to place yourselves 
in the hands of the living God. If I fall there, it's because I didn't choose to be there. And that will not do well. But if I'm there because I choose to be in His hands, because the anger at myself drives me to Him who can take it away, then now I think more of John 10 where Jesus said, they are in my Father's hands and no man can pluck them out. The thoughts today are directed to considering what sin does in our lives, how God does and will deal with it, and how we deal with it in our lives in the proper way to handle it as God wants us to. So I encourage all of us to let righteous anger at our own sin drive us to reach our hands to God and place ourselves in His hands. And in so doing, we'll find comfort and we'll find healing. Thank you for joining us this evening and throughout the day in our thoughts. And as always, may God bless our country, our church, and may God bless each one of us individually as we learn how to handle our sin in a way that causes us to reach out to God rather than to shake a fist at God. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ. We are located at 1500 Lancaster Road in Richmond, Kentucky. We meet on Sunday mornings for Bible class at 9 a.m., followed by our morning worship service held at 10 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is held at 6 p.m., and our midweek Bible study is held on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you are in the area, we would love to have you as our honored guest. Thanks for listening.